Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of Big Bad Books. My name is Declan and just sort of improving over there. It's just Deco. It's it's just yeah, but like that was it was a bit of a vibe. You had you had, you know, your mouth up to I was you. Doing some you were, contemporary looked like you were ready to MC. It was yeah. it was huge. I'm always ready to throw it down. It's of course my co-host and reader extraordinaire. Yeah. It's Isaac. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm not bad, thank you. How Good. are you? Yeah, I'm fine, you've thanks. been you've been sort of ferreted away for the last hour or so. Oh my god. Deep in my study. Into the into the bowels of of the beast. The bowels of the book beast is where I mm. it's where I spend most of my time. Uh, it's a dusty, fetid sort of place. But the word, oh my god, let me tell you, the words in there are some and, of the best things you can possibly <laughs> shove down your eyes. And the order they've been put in, questionable. Uh, ah. But you can't always have both. It's that's the it's thing. that kind of like Morecambe Wise Andre Previn thing of they're yeah, all yeah. the right words, but not necessarily exactly. in the best order. Exactly. I let me ask you this though, because obviously, like you know, I I own a copy of Ready Player Two, so in the weeks that we don't record an episode because of life yeah. getting in the way, I can still charge my Kindle and just sort of like sometimes I sleep with it like clutched to my chest like a vampire. Yeah, and I guess that's how I get my client fix. Like, how has it been? F- for you, do you do you get a kind of tremens situation? Well, the thing that I get is that instead of that, because I you'll know that I work um, at a at, in, in a school. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happens is that because a lot of the people who are there are children. Yeah, they say a lot of drivel uh, anyway. about the eighties. Well, not necessarily. Right, so not, not the same. Necessarily, um, it's not exactly the same, but it it sort of like ties me over. Until I can get right back into the to the clinosphere, yeah, because that it's of the same it's of the same sort of uh, genre, really. Of you know, could be slightly meaningless, often slightly misled, sometimes maybe inadvertently offensive, mm. you know. And so, just he, you're saying, about, Klein does a, does so well to capture that kind of childlike, like the, saying, the steps and the missteps. In, in I'm saying childhood. he's got no excuse. Uh, is what I'm see. saying. <laughs> Would you die for um, Ernest Klein? Are there no. any circumstances where you'd give your life to save Ernest Klein? I, I'm, I'm closer <laughs> to, to the to the end of the spectrum where I would die if it meant he did as well. Ah, okay. So you see it as a kind of like you've got a deep spiritual connection with Ernest. The only way that I would die to keep him alive is if I knew that he was going to be put to death in some sort of tr- show trial after my own. <laughs> he has demise. to gunt himself. Yeah, and that I would be kind of like held up as some sort of hero yeah. for kind of taking one for the team and, and bringing him down. We should get him on the show and you should tell him some of these things uh, to his face, I guess, if you're yeah, if, I mean, if you're such a big a big guy. like Yeah, like, that's fine. <laughs> I could, I also he owns a because, DeLorean. Yeah, um, well, th- well, this is it, is that I have nothing to lose. Yeah, I have true. no DeLoreans to lose, <laughs> whereas true. he does. He's got exactly um, one DeLorean. My, my stock can only go up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one comes. No one comes out clean from the Klein Delane bout of the century. No, but no, but at least, not even at yeah, all. At least you've got. You've only go upwards to go. That's true. Yeah. I mean, so uh, thank you for for being open and, and like honest and vulnerable. Because obviously, this well, is a podcast. Do. It's a podcast that's about books, but it's also a podcast that's about it's We're about interrogating masculinity, and one of the things well, it's about that say, having a safe space. We need a safe space to say that we miss Ernest. You know, like it doesn't make you less of a man to say that you 
love and want to marry on his clone. It doesn't make you big. It doesn't make you clever just <laughs> yeah. to slag stuff off. Exactly. Uh, even if it is, even if it is bad. Even if it is big and bad. Um, yeah. I missed Ernest quite terribly. And it was for that reason that I was, I don't know. I, I'm, by was, I mean, I'm sort of disappointed by what I read <laughs> this week. Oh no. Um, I was what? looking forward. I guess here's the problem. The last chapter had oh my god it had so much didn't it i, I don't remember, remember any happened. of it but no. <laughs> i remember being there being a lot there no there was something about finding other shards yeah they found a shard uh they that, killed a, they was killed the uh baddie and the sega princess wasn't there another wasn't there another riddle right there is there is another riddle and it's uh well i can tell you what it is exactly if you if you'd like to would it help you to know it like so that you can keep it in the back of your mind. Maybe maybe you can work on solving it. Like while uh, while we go through. The, I mean, the you story. can say it. It's, it, it probably has, won't make a difference. But recast the foul, restore his ending. Andy's first fate still needs mending. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. I added Andy. that little hackle. It's A N D I E. Yeah. A N D I E. Yeah. Apostrophe S. Is that a person that we know? Uh, it's a person that we may know if we. Oh are yeah, big... weren't they like? Oh, it's Andy McDowell, and they're possibly. Like, no, well, it's they. Andy... It's Andy, someone from the John Hughes universe, someone from a John Hughes right, movie, right? Okay. Um, and that's really, yeah. I guess you know we tried that's very, to. That's very dull. Well, I guess here here are two thoughts about it. First of all, like we tried to, you'll have already seen the title of this episode, and I think what what we tried to do is to really like cut to the heart of like what is the key device or thematic focus of this chapter and and that's why this episode will just be called john hughes because that's all it's about it's not it's not commenting on john hughes's work it's not really it's not really commenting or describing the plots of any of his movies uh telling us any of the context describing any of the kind of thematic cross play between hughes of and Kleins, it's just listing uh different films john hughes was involved in and what they look like sort of any and all uh, well, or, uh, sorry, not any all. It's more all, uh, more all sorry. of everything. And and about the Andes, the Andes not a big part of it. Yet. Or... Yeah, not a huge part of it just yet. Oh, um, the other thing that I guess I just want you to be on the lookout for while we're while we're reading through this chapter, because you're obviously you're going to enjoy it, like that's that's a given, even if it's not the high bar of the last one with that fun fun riddle, is um, what is what's the point of the chapter? I suppose, like from a functional standpoint, like what. I, I want maybe we'll come at you at the end like what's good sorry, about we, it sorry have we is this something that we've been Go that we have been or that we should have been pointing out with the previous chapters what the question I, of what's I good about yeah or what they were for um because i well it speaks for itself doesn't it like, i can't speak as to having to having done that well the chapter you know there's a chapter where they were going through all the levels of sega ninja princess and that one was for telling us all the levels what they were like a bit. Yeah, not too much, I just suppose. a bit. So, what's this one for? Is, is one question. Um, now, you're a huge John Hughes fan. Um, what's your favourite? Where, where Probably... are you? Like Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, um, uh, Pretty and maybe uh, Home Alone, maybe National Lampoon's Vacation. I don't. Is that know. John Hughes? Yeah, like something. Yeah, I think is it? so. Um, what about Ferris um, Bueller's Big Biggest Day? Off? That's a good. I saw right. Yeah, that's all right. That's uh, good, Home Alone. Yeah, he wrote, I think, one of the Home Alones. I don't know if he wrote all of them. Um, he did... Um, so you're a super fan, did, I suppose. Well, he did Beethoven the Dock. No way. Is that John Hughes did yeah, Beethoven the Dock? Yeah, that's John Hughes did Beethoven the Dock. That's wild, because that's, that's not in this. That's not in this. 
He couldn't get well, the right. Why would he Beethoven. leave that out? Klein, he's doing you fucking he's doing revisionism on Beethoven. <laughs> he doesn't think that dog should have been allowed to be named after a composer. That's God. That's um, terrible. Let me remind you of something from Ready Player One. A, a great text. It's the seminal work, really. Okay. They had the bit that we've often discussed, which was where the point was: what if we were in War Games, the movie War Games? Now I've yeah. seen the movie War Games, but t- let me tell you, reading through the chapter, I felt like I had seen it. 400 times God. And, that, and you may, may maybe you have now yeah in in a sort of it's kind of like the chinese room experiment or something like maybe maybe i have no it's more like the color scientist one is what i mean maybe by virtue of hearing about every detail of it i have now had the experience um what i think klein has done here which is really clever it's something we've noticed a few times with the sequel is he's up to the stakes because in war games let, let me ask you a, a maths question you're a, a maths guy uh, a kind of numbers chat. Love it. Love them. How many movies is War Games to your to your sense of of mind and number? Um, one. Right, it's if, just the one movie well, War Games. If if that, yeah. I don't really know if it just round, round it up to the nearest one. Yeah, but it's like zero point six. You generously you call it a movie. Now, when we are diving back into a beloved eighties film, as all of these probably are, yeah. Um, we probably get some of that, you know, those goosebumps that you get when you're like, it's just a pure shot of nostalgia, like straight to the heart, like an EpiPen. Uh, I don't think that's where those are supposed to go, but if they do, then, then go for it. This we've co- of course we've got that. And we'd have got that with one John Hughes movie, but I think the genius of what Klein has done here is he said, let's not just have war games again. Let's not just have 16 no, no, candles. No. Let's have all of John Hughes catalog. Yeah. at the same time happening everywhere um and so rather oh. than it being rather than being stuck in one film we're stuck in every john hughes film oh. and that's special isn't it that's it's um, better what and sorry i do you know what it's so silly of me because i was about to ask you what's that for like what's the point of that? I don't remember <laughs> that that's that's the question that you that's asked the me riddle. that's the that's gunting the challenge you asked me. God, you. yeah because my immediate thought was there couldn't possibly be like yeah. there could be no point well one thing i that i sort of started to realize as i read the chapter which i, I promise i'll start soon it's very short actually which is part of why i'm drawing this out um, please feel free to avoid it for to kind of skip it no I'm no not. it's fine we'll we will get to it soon but one of the things when i realized sort of where it was going i was like this so basically the physical location they're going to you may remember they're going to like the planet sherman uh, which was, is which is like his it's, planet yeah it's like it's like the equivalent of uh, Bangor, Maine for, for Stephen King, right? He like yeah. sets all his stuff there, uh, apart from some things which we are going to hear too much about, the exceptions that prove the rule. And like I was, I was hyper aware that they were going to have to start talking about you know, all of these different films. And that, that's actually all they do. I was like, I wonder how I'll get past the challenge of describing you know, 15 different films all happening at the same time. And he doesn't yeah. get past the challenge. He just sort of does that. And then the chapter ends which is cool. So there's not so much in the way of like plot or story, uh, but there is a lot in the way of uh, remembering different John Hughes movies. So bits of them. them. But what what you are saying is that there's, there's going to be references. There's there's not going to be anything other than references uh, is, is what I'm saying. Now here's a philosophical question. Do they still count then? Is it? Yeah. If the whole thing is a reference, then is, does it mm. meaningfully count as reference? Like, does no, I suppose not. Tree falls in the woods. Here's my here's where my head went. Here it was like if you gave in an essay that was just one quote, like it would, the whole essay was a reference to another text, and then you just cited that text. You haven't really given an essay, have you? You've just given in like an extract yeah. of someone else's book. So I think the same could be applied here to say that 
what Ernest has done in this chapter. I mean, of course he's paraphrasing it because, but probably only because those were films rather than probably books. only because probably only because of legal reasons. Yeah, because of because of films, not books. Because of legal reasons, and that's all. He's had to sort of add a couple of original words in. But I feel like every time he does that, he was so lucky a sense that of everyone involved in war games was uh, dead or broke when he wrote that. Maybe <laughs> that's forgotten. why he chose it. Just like looking up yeah. <laughs> films where there was films no one important about, enough still this. alive. War yeah. games may be really good. I mean, I'll never watch it to find out. I couldn't. I couldn't. I don't. I tell you what. I don't like intrigued. war. I don't like war. And if that I mean, makes you're me not a criminal, huge on games, I hate games. Thank you yeah. for getting that out. That's why you don't do anything over at Twitch. TV slash Shame City. Here we go. 0014. I didn't need to tell you that. Shermer was a medium-sized planet. That's always a fascinating doesn't mean anything. sentence. Doesn't mean anything. We planet. don't know. They're not real planets. Oh. They're like they don't. They're not real planets. You'll love this detail. Then it was near the center of Sector 16. Doesn't mean anything. It doesn't exist. Have you not been keeping this track of like, all the different sectors and no. planet sizes? No, because he hasn't. This mentioned is a them. medium website. Yeah. is what he said. Yeah, but like we don't know how big all the other websites are. I also just there's something about the medium hyphen size that is so boring and like it technical. Yeah, but it's not. But it's it not just, like he's chosen it because it sounds cool. No, no, no. You may as well have just said no. Shermer was the biggest planet ever. <laughs> it yeah. was bigger than God. <laughs> I never. <laughs> he could, I, he made be... a planet so big he couldn't fit on it. <laughs> Yeah, I would be super interested <laughs> if in this book if there was anything like that. But it's so funny oh, that man, to him it's important to him that it's medium sized. Even though it doesn't but he doesn't anything. but he doesn't know why. Yeah. He doesn't know why. Because in his head he's sort of got an idea about how big other planets are. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't he's he not doesn't share it that, with us. It, do you know what it feels like? It feels like you know how sometimes he's a little reticent Klein mm. to Oh, which is interesting because sometimes he's very much not, but sometimes he's a little reticent to be very clear or specific about what things can and can't be, so mm. that later on down the line, they can be anything. They can be anything. Or can't. It feels like he doesn't want to say that it's the biggest planet because later on he may want to say that there's a bigger yeah. planet. Probably Ready Player, Ready Player planet. Seven or something when they go to Pandora and meet the Nazi. Yeah. It's like, to fuck it them. used to be that Sherman was the yeah. was the biggest planet, but they'd since we all remembered. We all remember how it was usurped by James Cameron's trilogy of yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's such wank. Sherman was a medium sized planet near the center of Sector Sixteen. It was home to a lovingly detailed decades in the making Oasis recreation of Shermer, Illinois, the fictional Chicago suburb where the filmmaker John Hughes set many of the movies he wrote and slash or directed over the course of his celebrated career. The, it, the, sorry, does it actually say and slash or? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, that whole thing Can just I, sounds like Wikipedia, though, doesn't it? Like it doesn't sound like yeah, you're I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on Wikipedia now, mm. and I'm going to try and find while you're while you're talking. I'm going to try and find if if that. I'm gonna, no, I'm going to actually try and find if that's just a quote that he's lifted from. That somewhere. would be so funny. He lifted it from the Breath of the Wild recipe for red yeah. planets. <laughs> um, Samantha used to say, I think you've said this about um, about Shermer as well, actually. Correct me if I'm wrong. That Shermer was Hughes's, quote, post-adolescent paracosm, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's right yeah. about that one. Like, we've got, to, we've got to hand it to her. Samantha knows her stuff. A PAP, oh, if ever I saw yeah, it. Yeah, that's the one. A private fantasy world that he created and populated with his imagination, which sounds a lot like a kind of Epstein Island, adding to it throughout his life, his own suburban Midwest equivalent of Tolkien's Middle Earth. Now, the next... I've, I, the way I go through this is a bit of behind the scenes, is that I just highlight bits that I think are, are worth talking about. And it goes for another one, two, 
three pages of completely unhighlighted stuff, which is unheard of. Normally, there's at least something on a page. Wow, yeah. But the reason that I didn't highlight any of it, which I suppose in a kind of weird way, horseshoes around to making it the most highlightable thing, yeah, is that all that he then talks about is just at every John Hughes film and everything that's in all of them. Like there's a sentence that's just like the Sears Tower, the Stock Exchange, Wrigley Field, the Art Institute of Chicago, beyond the city limits, uh, there is like this other thing and these other five things. It's just like all the stuff that is in the films. It's like he's forgotten that it's a book and it's just... This is this is like, I think it's the, the third or fourth or something chapter of uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh yeah. Which is just... It's is about that the Wattpad one where he's fucking uh, Batman it's in not, the series? No, it's the oh, okay. one by Victor Hugo. I think that's... Um, yeah, I think that's the one I'm no, talking about. No, no, no. Victor Hugo was in that and he was getting uh, by Batman well, in the that's sewers. My mistake, my mistake. This is the one that the real guy wrote years ago. The real Batman? Um, <laughs> that's and, crazy. <laughs> and... Uh, the chapter is just a bird's eye view of Paris in just like the 14th century. And it is a 50 mm. page long, li- literally just like described like a history book. No story, no characters, wow. not even really any imagery. It Honestly, one of the most boring things I've ever read. Victor Hugo has been, this been Ready Player worse. One celled. He's Ready Player <laughs> One pilled. I mean, big for him. Um, so one of the th- few things that's of interest in this chapter is uh, this? There's a new bit of jargon that we haven't had. We haven't had our like jargon alert thing for a little while. No, no, we haven't. Let me introduce you to the needle drop. Uh, what do you think a needle drop might be in this context? Um, we're what, we're in eighties. We're in a world based. Oh, uh, it's a medium sized planet. If the that, song that's going to be playing is that yeah, what we're referencing? Exactly. It, it's got to be something like "Don't you forget about me." Uh, it's sorry. I must have misled you. It's every song um, from every one of these movies is going to play at a different point, and we're going to oh. get all of them told to us with the oh. artist every time, and sometimes oh, the year it came out, and sometimes oh, some and of the lyrics as well. Oh, thank God! Because you know it would you be want to not know the lyrics. It would be reductive to just have the one, yeah, because people knew it. Yeah. So the first of these uh, is Kirsty McCall's cover of "You Just Haven't Earned It Yet, Baby," uh, which is from the let's say it together the "She's Having a Baby" soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was going to. Yeah. I sorry. didn't hear you, but I, it might be a. Zoom yeah, that was. Thing I was about to. Yeah. Um, the music seemed to emanate from nowhere, as if there were invisible speakers floating in the air all around us. This was an indication that we triggered a mm-hmm. jargon alert needle drop. Needle drops were music cues hard coded into specific areas of the simulation. Do you get it? Do you get what it is? Yeah, yeah. No, no sorry, I, you, you probably don't. They began I to play whenever when... an avatar walked over or or passed through a predetermined location. Oh, well, those mean the same thing. Do you understand what it is, though? Yes, I do. Uh, let get me just that. clarify. It's sort no, of like no, stepping no. on a soundtrack landmine, sort no. of. <laughs> Isn't that such it doesn't say that. It, no, it doesn't say that. No. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's sort of like... landmine. It's like if there was a soundtrack landmine, la- just off sound. Soundtrack landmine sounds like an indie band. Yeah, yeah it, does. it sounds like a parody <laughs> indie band. I can't... I was still hung up on the, the sentence where he says, the sound seemed to be coming from nowhere, which is like a, a sentence which in and of itself is almost cliche Uh as in uh, certainly, especially in sort of like horror fiction, the idea of a sound coming from nowhere. But just in case we didn't know quite what that meant, decided to add on, like there were lots of invisible floating speakers. The sound was coming from nowhere. It was almost like there was someone there, but you couldn't see them. Like it's almost, 
it sounds coming from nowhere. It's almost like there was nowhere specific that it was coming from. Yeah, it's kind of like an invisible sound landmine, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> it just explodes of its own volition. Again, I'd have liked it more if he just said that. <laughs> um, on our now, just another like fun fact about these needle. You're probably intrigued by the needle drops, right? Because I don't know about you, but one of the when you're reading through a book, there's plot, there's gunting. There's riddles, there's references, there's all of those main strands. But for Klein's books, one of the things that I know both of us really enjoy is collecting in our little notebooks all of these new, like future terms the that we're going to use. Yeah. Because we'll probably have to start, we'll have to start knowing and using them anytime soon, right? Because the future is coming. This we're is hoping prophecy. towards it. Yeah, this is prophecy. And so for Needle Drop, it's great to know that um, Shermer. The, which is a medium-sized planet in Sector 16. It's the one they're on. It's the John Hughes um, post-adolescent paracosm. It has yeah. more, and write this down, more needle drops per square kilometer than any other planet in the Oasis. Can you believe it? Wow. Well, until Ready Player 4 when there might yeah, be well, some. One, it's like, not saying you could never have more, but for, for now, now no. that's, a, that's a lot of needle drops. That's, that's one hell of a fucking needle drop per square foot density. It's Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Me- almost no reviews mentioned that. <laughs> and I think that's, that's egg on the well, face we, of the New York we, Review of Books. We need our listeners to get out there and change that. <laughs> Spread the word. Hashtag needle drops per square kilometer. Get it out there, guys. We're counting on you. Uh, what happens next is they're just walking. They're just walking. And they okay. go through a parking lot. <laughs> And they see some NPCs. It was so, it was so fun to, to hear you, much like Klein does every now and then, <laughs> give up partway yeah, through their yeah, sentence. Yeah. They were just walking. They, 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 well, they, they were just, just walking. I want to recolor the word there was just. Nothing, there was no more detail to yeah. add there. <laughs> I guess the only interesting part is that there are two NPCs just like hooking up in a parking lot, a car park. Okay. And it's Kevin Bacon dressed in a grey business suit, which sounds like something a child would write, yeah. and uh, Elizabeth McGovern. Do you recognise them as Jake and Kirsty Briggs, the two main characters in She's Having a Baby, which you might remember. Oh, the song The song was, was you, it was Kirsty McCall's cover of You Just Haven't Heard It Yet, Baby, from the She's Having a Baby soundtrack. Uh, can I just say, like, on a serious note, I'm actually so startled. I've only just clocked. He doesn't tell us who the original song is by, and I'm, yeah. I think we have to reach out to Ernest and check that he's all right. Like, well, maybe that's going to be part of a puzzle. Uh, maybe they'll realise all, all of the all the needle covers, and they if you anagram the original artist, it spells the doors. You, you get that. Is that Kirsty McCall off of Killed by a, <laughs> Killed by a Speedboat? That's Every it. dad's favourite fact. That's it. Um, so yeah, they that happens. Jets they nothing. Cool. Sorry, when I say that happens, what I mean is they see that happen, and then nothing yeah. happens as a result. No one no, no, comments on it. That's not. A, that doesn't count as a happening. It just sort of incidentally it's happened. It's like the, it's like describing a wall. Yeah, this is a chapter of describing a wall, and on the wall yeah. is different things that happen in John Hughes movies, uh, and also sounds from them. Yeah, it's it's that's it's really funny because I don't think that he understands that. Mm. Like, if they what I mean, what they're doing is they're walking past a lot of, you know, when you go to like. Dixons or PC World oh, and they're yeah. selling TVs. Yeah. And there's just like a hundred TVs and they're all showing films. Love that. Um and uh I, that's what they're doing here. Like they're just walking past and yeah. they've got for some reason PC World decided that the best way to show off the 4K high death is to have some random movies from the 80s where kids are making out. Yeah. Sort of like splayed sh- sh- all over the, the shop floor. And that that isn't actually 
what anyone could call an event. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if Klein would like he he wouldn't say this was his strongest chapter. I'm confident of that. But I also I don't think it's not even that he doesn't understand. I don't think he could be made to understand why this chapter is so boring. Because for him, maybe it isn't boring. Because maybe it is just like, wouldn't it be fun? Like, is there any piece of media about which you're such a fan that just sitting there and imagining walking past one of the characters from it in a car park is enough <laughs> to like is enough to pay 20 quid for and, no, but, and sit but down and even, read about it's even worse than that because if i actually you know walked past hugh laurie as dr gregory house in a car park yeah like that would be quite interesting like i would tell people about that i could go up and talk to him yeah but this is like Doing if it i in saw that someone yeah this is like <laughs> if i saw that Someone else in a pub had their laptop open and was watching an episode of <laughs> House. And then I came and I came home. I was like, Isaac, you'll, you'll never, never guess get... who I saw today. It was it was Dr. Gregory House. Where Whoa, was he? Where was it? God, I was watching him in in the Montague Pike. Like that's that's what this is. Yeah. Thrilling it's just is what you insane. Mean. Mm, yeah. It's inane. Um, there is a billboard. Uh, it's a, okay, it's not just on. any billboard. Oh my god! They passed the, the billboard from. Oh, they passed the church where the wedding from Sixteen Candles took place. Hooray! Oh, thank God. Now I bet you're wondering. Well, I bet what you're thinking at the moment is like more of this, please. And Klein knows that, so he's like, "Let's pump the brakes. We're going to get more of that fun stuff soon. Let's learn a bit about the history of Shermer, a medium-sized oh, planet." Yeah. <laughs> That's actually the name of the history of Shermer. It's called Shermer colon a medium-sized planet. When the Shermer simulation was originally created in the early days of the Oasis, can you believe this? It had only incorporated location characters from four of John Hughes' films. Are you fucking what? joking? What's the point? Sixteen Candles, Breakfast how do you even, Club. How do you even fill a medium-sized How do you sleep at night if you've, if you've <laughs> fucked it that badly as well? Absolutely half-assed half the task. Wade had all of those people executed on live TV. Um, Ferris Bueller and Weird Science. Over the decades, over the decades, this I've turned into Gollum since it had been updated and overhauled several times to include other Hughes classics. Um, and then when you get to a oh, sentence like good. that, you're like, okay, cool. That, that, I understand the kind of semantic content of that, but could you give me an example? You're probably thinking of yeah, like oh, some please, of those classics. Please, please. I can give you an example. Um, in fact, I can give you uh, nine of them. Pretty oh, in Pink, God. some kind of wonderful. She's having yep. a baby, Uncle Buck, yep. Mr. Mom, yep. Planes, Trains oh. and Automobiles, The Great Outdoors, and the aforementioned Home Alone and Vacation Flicks. That was actually nine, and I just eyeballed that. I'm quite proud. Um, also, don't worry too much if some of your favourites haven't been mentioned, because in again in recent years, fans have been expanding it to include Curly Sue and what about, career opportunities. Did, was, did you say Baby's Day Out? I didn't. Uh, is that, there was. Oh. Uh, did you mean she's having a baby? No, with no. The Coast Baby's of Day Out with with Joe Mantegna. Oh, I've never and, heard and, of that. And one. Joe Pantoliano and Lara Flynn Boyle, off no, of our favourites. He didn't do that one. He's he's he, disowned oh, it. That's God. a different John. Uh, so the way it works is when you're on Shermer, it's all of those films are happening all the time. They're just like happening everywhere, like in a mad. Like, there's no. This chapter is the reason this chapter sucks well there are many but the fundamental flaw of this chapter is he's come up with something that doesn't really make any immediate conceptual sense to have all of these different like they're not even the same time so you were so generous there by saying like it doesn't make any immediate sense yeah like 
<laughs> like it's going to be revealed well, at yeah, a later but, point. But what I, I think is that there is a writer or there are, there are writers out there who would make it so interesting that it wouldn't matter that it didn't make sense. Like the fact that oh. it all sounds weird and like like a better writer would acknowledge that this Shermer place, is it called Shermer or Sherman? I've said it too many times. Shermer. They would accept that it sounds like a hell. It sounds horrible to be there. Mm. It sounds incredibly stressful. People are on like a mad sort of loop. It'd be like yeah. it'd be like if you sort of fell into the Large Hadron Collider with every Disney World ride at the same time, and then you were just stuck in all of them simultaneously. Horrid. So a good writer would have like that vibe. But the problem is, Ernest thinks first of this all that this is the coolest thing ever, happened. and also that the that. It, we're so excited by the idea that all he has to do is just gently explain it and we'll look over the fact that it doesn't make a fucking lick of sense even slightly not like even beyond like you know it's not a question of suspending disbelief to be like okay well i don't think the robes would really do that it's not a question of that it's just a question of like no one in the world would make this planet if you liked john hughes you wouldn't want your favorite eight films just smashed into one great big weird smoothie well, and and this kind of like weird idea it becomes like a sort of uh like a, a postmodern music piece where like obviously they don't if they all started at the same time then now they're all so they're like disastrously out of sync <laughs> yeah. that it's just unlike watchable like steve Reich. it's yeah, yeah. It, that's, that's the guy i can't remember but um yeah, no, it just sounds just it's bad. abysmal. It's bad. It reminds me of the lunatics in, and this is kind of perfect because he is one of these people for sure. Uh-huh. In fact, I don't know all of their names, so maybe he literally is. But there's a guy who's interviewed in that room two three seven, the 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 documentary Shiny. that I I that's not what it documentary is. It's is, not a documentary is generous, isn't it? Um, the the great shiny. big dream someone had. The big, the big, <laughs> the big series of unrelated fan theories <laughs> about The Shining that they made into about an hour and forty minute movie. Yeah. Um, but there's a guy in that who talks about how he went to a special screening that he and a bunch of other freaks did, where they played the movie forwards and backwards at the same time, overlapped oh, wow. over just each like Kubrick other. wanted. Yeah, and he says, and he says without even the slightest bit of irony that like so many cool things lined up and you're like no. yes most stuff appears in the <laughs> middle of the screen like at some point <laughs> also especially in kubrick overlap. like he's famous for those middle yeah something centered shot and they say like oh you know and then like there's his face because you see it at the end Whoa. and then also at the beginning his name comes up oh my his name comes over, up over and, his the name, face. and it says jack nicholson over jack nicholson's oh my face god from, yeah. but from the end of the movie not from not from the beginning not even for, oh my god no it's mad that's amazing maybe i should be doing this with ready play too i should be reading reading it backwards at the same my, time my favorite i do have to say that my favorite thing from that uh from that watching the 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 the, the room 237 was the woman who tells about a five minute story mm-hmm. about <laughs> about a time that she was thinking about the film or oh, had yeah. been watching the film and her son came in and he'd drawn a picture Fuck. And the picture that her son had drawn was of a boy with an even smaller boy next to him. Oh my and God. the story that he told about it was that like the boy had been struck by lightning and this other little boy had, had come out. And then she said, and that's really interesting because it sort yeah. of explains the shining. And you're oh, like, fuck. What? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? It does. Like, I see it. She wasn't, she was like, no, no, he'd never seen it. It's like, 
Oh, it's clearly it's just bullshit. No, <laughs> clearly, oh, never seen it. It's nothing because <laughs> he drew a completely. He drew, he drew a picture of a boy being struck by lightning, which is is. I uh, love every time my child that. draws a picture to ask him if he's seen The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, which bit of The Shining was this about? <laughs> <laughs> Here's this rainbow I did. Ah, rainbows in I see colors. Drawn daddy colors in like red, red like the blood that comes out of the lift. Yes, yes like it. red rum. Oh um, my god, that's, that's special. Great. Uh. Cool. So basically, we're in this horrible hell. Just a, a re- weird aside. They get yeah. a map of Sherma, and it's divided into two halves, labeled rich and poor. I don't, I don't know what. I don't know why. Like he doesn't. Is that is in, that a theme that John Hughes deals I have no with idea. very much? I don't. Not one I I've can't, noticed. I can't attest to remember much of the sort of like rich versus poor. No, me neither. In in like why in any in of them? Really. Of them. He talks about all the locations Dennis, that are the used. Menace the geographic continuity in Hughes films is a, is a sentence that probably shouldn't appear in a book uh, that's supposed to be read for fun. And then uh, another just fun sentence, judging by the proximity of the sun to the Eastern horizon, it was still pretty early in the morning. This is the 1980s that they're in and clocks. Hang on. Hang on though. Hang on though. Hang on as well. If all the films are happening at the same time, how can there be a consistent, oh my God. like, day-night cycle? You're, you're absolutely climb-pilled because he's got you there. That was one of the many disorientating, or he said disorienting, things about Sherma. Different parts of the town were set to different times of day, as well as to different seasons of the year. It was always daytime in the winter on some streets, but two blocks away it might be nighttime in the early spring. Okay, so what was the point Sorry, in you pointing asked. out? <laughs> what, was the, what was the point in him pointing out that just so that he like can say that he's morning. thought about it i guess because probably oh, when he probably one of his his beta readers was like and i mean i use the term in every sense <laughs> like, uh, mr klein uh how would a breakfast club which takes place famously between the hours of breakfast <laughs> my my wife was fucking her boyfriend and i was reading your chapter and i wondered <laughs> oh dear uh it's not ferris bueller's night off they call it the breakfast club however yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that seems to be the only reason. Now, he's been here before. Now, I don't think he told us about this, but it's one of those kind of ready player retcons that will allow. We're used to. Yeah. Ernest, not Ernest, Wade and Artemis went here on a date, although it might as well be the same thing, um, because she is a huge Hughes head. That's what we're going to call them. She's a Hughes okay. head. Um, and Wade, Wade, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, he obviously loves it. And he, uh, like, it goes without saying he knows everything about about the 80s yeah, about yeah, well, the movies contained therein but yeah. this is really like something that he i don't know something that he bravely did for artemis for his for his girlfriend was Whoa, that he you're saying he's not a hughes it. head he's i mean he became a hughes head for her and isn't that like right. if you're willing to watch very popular films for yeah. your girlfriend like i guess so, that makes uh, you a like kind of a film that it's almost <laughs> films it's almost impossible for you to have missed on mm. the most part some of them like if you if you've managed to go your whole life without ever seeing Home Alone, I can only imagine that you've just sort of never been within earshot of a television. Yeah. You've never been around at Christmas. You just yeah. are in a... In a then again, I don't know what the TVs were like in the old caravans that he used they to kill his pretty arm, flat, so. that's what I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's like, he's seen all the films, but he's been re-watching them, uh, most brackets, but not quite all of his films a few years ago. No need to tell us that. To, to, to jack off to them. I was hoping I'd retained enough Shermer trivia to avoid looking like a complete fool in front of Art 3 Miss. We kept jogging down Shermer Road, Art 3 Miss in the lead, until we Shermer triggered... Shermer Road? Yeah, uh, let's not. Another <laughs> measle drop. It's All in the Game by Carmel. Another track off the 
she's having a baby soundtrack. Ah. Upon hearing it, Artemis skidded to an abrupt halt. Oh my god. I imagine god. like a cartoon. I'm having a baby. She then, she, <laughs> then she turned around and startled all of us, comma. No comma should be necessary here. By okay. singing along with the song's opening lyrics in perfect harmony. And then it's some of the lyrics. Too many. Well, more. God, give us a Many a tear has to fall. It's all dot 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 a game. No, she no, sang. no. Put Life, your heart into it. Life is I don't know how this song goes. Life is a wonderful game. We play and play. Dot dot dot. It trails <laughs> off. I'd heard Samantha sing once before during the week we spent together at Og's estate. So I knew she wasn't using an auto-tuning app. Yet somehow I'd forgotten what an unusually beautiful singing voice she possessed. It's the most incel way I of just, phrasing that. What I an unusually fucking, beautiful singing voice. I just she hate shit like the, I knew she wasn't using an auto-tuning app. Like, it's yeah. just, it's so, it's just, it's so boring. <laughs> it's a, it isn't world-building. It it's if, not. If she's not doing it, don't bring it up. It's not interesting. It's, no. it's just a detail, but it's not even that. It's not even a detail because it's not part of the fabric of what you built. You you made it up for this sentence alone. And and it will never come back. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that would be very funny if an auto-tuning app proves to be like essential to the final boss. Wow. (laughs) If it is, if it is that this book's got more problems than having made up the auto tuning up. Basically he's, he's like thinking of this and he just sort of stares at her like a slack jawed goon. To my surprise, I, she didn't look away and then i love this sentence because there is a certain like i think we've come across it before but i amuse him every time there's a certain like maybe it's a resignation or maybe it's a recognition of one's own ability that he's just right. sort of bowed out of bothering with uh she gave me what can only be described as a warm smile <laughs> <laughs> which is like it's not a warm smile is Never not specific himself enough. Couldn't say anything yeah. else about this smile. <laughs> it was merely warm. It, it was the ur smile. <laughs> it's, so, it's so shit. The archetypal. It? If you looked up warm smile yeah. in the dictionary, this is it. Her face would be there it's staring just, back. I just wonder how that gets through. And you, like. you know what it really reminds me of? It really reminds me of John Darkins. What can I say? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the classic. It's just so. It's at that level. So, oh, God. This He's smile, Darkins it was, let me tell you, it, well, if it was anything, <laughs> if it was anything, it was warm. I'm the That's author, so I'd know, and it can only be described <laughs> as the way I've described it here. If you can think of a different way, that's not right. That's a different I, smile. I, you say, I wonder how this got past an editor, and my fear is almost the opposite, that the editor put this in because every other suggestion he made was so filthy oh yeah so gross or yeah. creepy or cringe that like they could not send the book to print quite possibly you've got some of that nerd <laughs> they, they, in there. yeah they they said like it can only be described as this because if we because for legal anything reasons. else <laughs> the law would be <laughs> which what can only for legal reasons be described as a, a platonic warm <laughs> smile <laughs> an age-appropriate <laughs> warm smile it would be good if, if the sentence was like what can only be described as that and then just a series of like blackout marks <laughs> warm smile <laughs> A footnote. Yeah. Um, then she stopped singing and checked her swatch. <laughs> I don't know why she has to have a swatch watch. Is that an 80s thing? I, maybe, I don't, I know. don't know. Anyway, the next boring thing that happens is a bunch of doors get opened by Chevy Chase, Paul Dooley, Michael Keaton, Steve Martin, John yeah. Hurd, Lyman Ward, 
the men who portrayed Clark W. Griswold, Jim Baker, Jack Butler, Neil Page, Peter McAllister, and Tom Bueller, respectively. So it's all the dads opening doors to get their morning papers, which yeah, is, yeah. if you picture uh, it, that's very good, isn't it? Probably, very again, fun. probably hugely unlikely that those moments would have lined up. Yeah. You're right. In it's this very world. so. It's it's good, therefore, right? Like it's like. Oh, sorry, yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, no. What I meant we get is to know what it would be like. It's good that they appeared at the exact moment that all yeah. of these things were like were lining up. Yeah. Now this could be interesting. It's not, but it could be. Oh. What I mean by that is, <laughs> it might come back later to prove to be important, and if it doesn't, then it's doubly bad because it was dull to read. And it made me get some false hope that it might pay <laughs> off, which I honestly don't know why I still have for this book. Yeah, that is Because nothing ever does. To be honest. The seventh man wore large, clear-framed eyeglasses. He's got spiky hair. He's got this sort of power mullet going on. And mm-hmm. Wade is like, oh, I recognize that. Who is that? I can't place him. He's probably scanning through his, his extensive memory banks um, yeah. of you know, the breakfast club, 16 candles. She's about to have a big baby. Whatever and, the fuck and it's called. Just, and think just like if he had the robes of Anorak right now, he'd, oh, he'd be, be able, able to, to do a quick hold up his sleeve. Robo. Like Inspector Gadget with that robe. Yeah. Um, anyway, within one second of being like, I couldn't place him. It dawned on me. It's John Hughes. Hughes makes a brief cameo in the breakfast oh. club as someone's dad. And here he is uh, wandering around. Now he thinks to himself, what's going on? Because like one of these actors plays a couple of different dads and he wonders about, I guess, the kind of metaphysical implications of that. Like how can it be that this actor is multiple dads in the dadverse that is yeah. Shermer? And, God, that uh, is weird. And we never find out actually. So it's one of those oh, questions good. that will haunt us forever, I suppose. Yeah, well, that's it. As it's I watched spooked. Mr. Johnson slash John Hughes scoop up his paper and shuffle back into the house. I couldn't help but be reminded of Anorak, the digital ghost of a dead creator, (laughs) (laughs) left behind to forever haunt his own creation. So I guess I feel like that was a kind of publisher mandated sentence to be like, you know, there is a story to this book, Ernest. Can you just mention it once? (laughs) It's so funny that that like in any other context, I would assume that the phrase digital ghost was something you made up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it does. It has me written all over it, digital ghost. And yet, no, this was uh, something that a man was paid millions of dollars to write. Can we just remember as well, which didn't occur to me the first time I read through this a couple of hours ago, or whenever it was, an hour. Um, there is, there are over a billion people who are Whose about lives, to die. Yeah, are and, and in fact, some of them could be dying now because, like, well, already because yeah, they weren't. They, they didn't were at the end at of the their time. quota, yeah. right? Where is the like? It's not even urgency I'm looking for. But where is the like? They're not talking about anything. There's been no dialogue in this chapter, pretty yeah. much. Artemis well, sang on, a song. She sang. And, yeah, and Artem- beautifully. She wasn't even using an auto-tuning. <laughs> Are you joking? Which is what we call those. We don't have She's the word She's got an unusually beautiful voice, hasn't she? I noticed that. Um, and there's no, they're not worried. They're not excited. They're not scared. They're no. not talking about it. They're not checking in with Faisal. How many are dead, Faisal? Oh, bad luck. <laughs> yeah, we better get a move on, well, I It suppose. turns out nearly everyone came in at the earlier part of the day. <laughs> You're Faisal, I'd love only- to help. We've only what done half do, the needle drops. What you do now, you do for yourselves. Yeah. But it's just, you have to, you have to go out of your way. Like, I think you'd have to give yourself a head injury or like a five year holiday between writing these yeah. two chapters to have just completely memory hold the context you just established for what, yeah. why they're doing this. 100%. Like, 
there are more lives on the line than in almost any other story I know. Yeah, ever. It's like, yeah. there's. I could think of the Avengers where there's more because it's the universe. Yeah, like blowing up Alderaan or something. That's a lot of people, I guess. It's just I wild. don't even know if there were many people living there. Sad, sad. We, I'm sure Ernest knows. Um, so th- this is happening. And then finally someone's like, oh, hey, let me see that clue again. And then the clue is red. We cast the foul, restore his ending. Andy's first fate still needs mending. So that's got to be it, right? I asked. Restore the original ending, the one where Andy ended up with Ducky instead of with Blaine. I don't know what this is in reference to. I think they said it in the last chapter. It's obviously one of yeah. these films, but I don't know which one. And they're like, oh, I wonder where this guy Ducky lives. Artemis is like, nah, that's not it. And she's repeating this phrase to herself. Recast the foul. Recast the foul. This is from Pretty in Pink. Recast the foul. And uh, Wade is like, what about that scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? where he catches the foul ball during the Cubs game at Wrigley Field. Artemis, as you would, seemed mildly impressed by my suggestion. Right. At least enough to consider it for all of two seconds. Then she shook her head dismissively. I don't think so. Recast the foul. Recast the foul. (gasps) I've got it, she cried. I know what we need to do. And it's at this point that I'd like to pause for some interstitial content. Interstitial content. Wow. And, and on that cliffhanger, we, I must tell you, humble listener, are returning to the glorious foothills of Gulag, Caledonia. Yes. Now, you may remember last time, this is um, a, the brainchild. a book of, of sorts uh-huh. of, um, is it Dr. Bruce? I think it's Dr. Bruce Scott. Dr. Professor Bruce Scott. Um, and it's a, well, let me tell you, it's some words in yeah. in an order. Um as I remember, and, it was it was pretty political, right? It wasn't. A, it was a take no prisoners <laughs> takedown, a teardown almost of the kind of society that you and I have foolishly. We've been sleepwalking into it, haven't that we? That we've enabled. Yeah, that we've enabled. Yeah, we've, no, we this was those. not one for the snowflakes. No. Although, if anything, they're the people most in need of it. Am I right? Fucking <laughs> yeah. Um, Good luck getting them to read it. That's all I'll say. Just to to do something of a recap. Um, uh-huh. there's not much of a recap needed because nothing actually happened last time. We just read the preface. Yeah. Um, the only thing we really need to know is that the story is going to be set in sort of Scotland 2050. Uh-huh. Um, the author is a sort of sad incel yeah. uh, whose wife has, has taken the kids. Allegedly. Um, and and basically in, in, in this sort of Scottish 2050, the like pronouns brigade have taken everything over. Oh, you're joking. Um, and if there's one thing that you need to know, it's that God, he has been forgotten. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about that. I knew God there was a phrase. Forgotten. I was trying to remember yeah. it earlier. I knew there was something that he wouldn't stop saying. And it was that yeah. God had been and forgotten. It was, unfortunately, it was that God had been forgotten. Um, so the next uh, right, chapter, as it were, um, you'll be pleased to know that nothing uh, happens here either. Because okay. this is also not the story. Is he in Charlotte, Illinois? It's <laughs> No, it's even better than that. This is just sort of another preface. <laughs> wow, um, a double it's preface. Called, it's called Escape Plan. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's just, uh, it's Dr. Scott talking to us directly again. So is he in character? Is he a narrator or is it just yeah, him? No, no, as in it's just <clears throat> him. It's, just, right, it's literally okay. just him. Um, I wonder when the book starts, why. Dr. Scott. Don't worry, it's after this one. I double okay, check. Good, good, I good. double check to make sure. <clears throat> um, so, um, now here's the thing. Uh, now, Isaac, you 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 remember the vague sort of um, sort of uh, both political 
bent of yeah. the of the of the preface and also you know the tone in which the author clearly sees himself so i'm going to tell you that in the opening two sentences of escape plan uh-huh. he references two books and i'm going to ask you to guess what those books are and you get two guesses okay is it 1984 and the bible uh it is 1984 you guessed that correctly. Uh, it's not. It's not, not the, the Bible, Bible, unfortunately. Damn. I was hoping just because of the Forgotten God angle, you can have one <clears throat> one more book. It's another fiction book. Is it Fahrenheit four five one? No, very good guess though. It was Brave New World. Oh, Huxley. Thing about Brave New yeah. World, like I would have guessed that a while back, but I recently found out that it that Brave New World has better politics than I had thought it yes. would have. Yeah, I yes, didn't realize. No, um, no, it, it's just one of those things that's been... You just assume that it's of a period where everyone was horrible. <laughs> well, and because only cunts ever invoke it. True, yeah. For the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it, it, it's definitely 1984. You knew that was going to be there. So sometimes he says a book can be a warning for what is to come in the future hmm. or a look back at the past to help us learn from past mistakes never to repeat. Yeah. Um, 1984 by George Orwell. By who, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley were never intended to be blueprints of how future world governments were meant to run things. That's true, yeah. Because the very next sentence begins with the phrase, it seems that some people feel these blueprints from prophetic writers are being used to accomplish what was warned against. What specifically, Dr. Bruce Scott, are we are we enacting? <laughs> like, just, I don't want to pin you down too heavily. Um, well, it was the whole this. babies, the babies being made, the uh, like babies being... Yes, yes, I prob- that Probably you know um but it's just bold i think to say that these were not meant to be blueprints and then starting the next sentence by saying that the, the these are blueprints they they are blueprints that people were trying to use to to build a new world i believe it um he then goes on to say um that often when people are dying uh, they pass on letters to loved ones um and that they you know that might in- involve some sort of like passing on uh feelings of love uh, yeah. but also maybe advice uh, and warnings uh, and then he says, um, books can perform the same function. In case you were True. worried that, in case you were worried that you were tied to the letter format, books a book's can just a big letter, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Well, if you're too uh, much of a verbose asshole um, mm-hmm. to write a letter, or if like the ex-wife won't let kids read letters from you, like that's just a hypothetical situation. If that's the case, then you'd probably write a book instead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there'd be no sense. point in the letter. Um, fall on deaf ears sadly and so i'm sad to say that it is it's it's one of the great tragedies and it's funny that we mentioned tragedies because he goes on to mention too um tell me isaac in your experience the sort of person who says sentences like this indeed as the totalitarian soviet or nazi germany examples show us Mm. Um, that one of the what I've called here I've called you know the great equivalents yeah yeah, yeah. uh, that they've made um which is often, I think, a sign of someone who's got some very good politics to come. It's someone who's a great thinker, yeah. Someone who's abstracted so, themselves from the from the whole mishmash of left, right, yeah, good, I, bad. One of the big themes of the book, and it's it's also one of the great tragedies of the book, um, as I see it, mm-hmm. um, is that unintentionally, what he's done is perhaps write the the clearest and cleanest example of how all the people who think that they are radical free thinkers and free speakers are some of the most duped (laughs) and most, most led some of the, some of the biggest sheep 
buying literally every single line possible Fuck. that has ever existed. Like Animal Farm. Oh, it's That's just, just another like, book. That's just another yeah, book I thought of. By George84. Yes. Fuck. George underscore 84 on Wattpad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's honestly at every single point, he does it in, in, in this very, very brief little chapter in about five different instances. He's like, God, it's absolutely insane that like these free thinkers can't see that, you know... <sighs> that can't see past the the state's lies to see that that you know communism is bad and you're like yeah. oh yeah the state that's constantly <sighs> telling us how Fuck. good it is <laughs> um he then i i haven't picked up too many of these because there honestly hasn't been enough actual what i could call writing to see uh-huh. but i i was super amused by and annoyed by this particular phrasing where he says um people can be so enmeshed in the cultural narratives that they cannot see the proverbial woods for the trees. You don't have to say proverbial if you're going to say the proverb. That's true. If you, if you just want to say the proverbial woods, that's fine. But you can't say the proverbial woods for the trees. Do you mean the proverbial woods for the proverbial trees? Yeah. (laughs) They can't see the proverbial woods for the literal, for the actual (laughs) trees that are all surrounding us because of all the green initiatives that you can't fucking move. Yeah. Come on. You know, it's unbelievable. Um, so his answer to the problem that, that he has sort of created, um, which is what can we do if everyone's so easy to control, yeah. is that he's going to have something he calls an escape plan. And that that's, mm. that's what this is. Sorry, I should just say as well, the reason he thinks everyone's so easy to control is that um, Sartre and de Beauvoir both sort of said that, like, some stuff in communism was oh communism yeah russia was quite good um and then of course the you'll remember when the gulag archipelago oh was yeah released oh my god um, by his his favorite lad solzhenitsyn that yeah. they were all like oh fuck 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 what are we gonna do and he's like well if even they can be like conned <clears throat> what are we gonna bloody do fuck um and it turns out unfortunately that he doesn't he, what, what this is is not so much an escape plan. That doesn't seem to be really what he wants. What he wants is, uh, and this is his phrase, is a, a paper trail, mm. um, which to me is very much a retrospective thing, not a prospective thing. Um, he says the the only hope is to have an escape plan, a paper trail in case things get so bad that those, those the same all, who supported the oppression and enacted it can be proven guilty. So when it happens, you could say, I told you so. Oh, that would be useful. Now, there's lots of things that that are a problem here. If it gets bad enough that the people who are supported it are, are on some sort of trial, yeah. but surely if it gets that bad, then the likelihood of them going to trial is, is less. That and would, if you do get to trial, probably just being like, I told you so. Like, maybe that's not probably. I don't know if that carries. Maybe that's not the law. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's not the law. But it also, again, on this thing is just like more proof that all of the people who think that they are the big freedom of speech, freedom mm. of thought, like libertarians, I want the intellectual dark state control. Yeah, that all they really are is just a bunch of like HR rules prick jobs worths mm-hmm. like they are just big sticklers who actually just want to kind of like you know have mummy and daddy stop stop all the people who are being mean to them uh-huh. like that that is literally it it's like my form of like radical free speech is that i want a list of bad things people have done so that they can be tried in court yes, <laughs> so like, yes that's it freedom from state control he's got um, a lot of ideas though dr bruce and what, i guess that's a good thing 
it well and one thing that he says of himself uh that i think that you will agree with is that he's very brave oh my god yes he's brave to be doing this like the bravest thing it's about courage he says this for about four or five paragraphs um about his own uh, courage uh, yeah and about doing this is standing up for free speech um by sorry let's not uh forget by uh let me just check the notes here you know like writing down the names and words of the people who said that things that you don't like mm. uh that's very brave um, for sure and it takes a lot of courage on that uh, he he then does say the first thing uh that he's written that i agree with which is the quote um michel foucault for all his faults uh did have a few interesting things to say <laughs> which <laughs> okay, which are, sure. i'll go so far as that we didn't quite agree on what the interesting things were but does he specify He's, it's about, let, let me tell you, let me see if it's here. It's about something about how you've got to be uh, brave to have free speech. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Which we all remember him for. Yeah. That's his main Uh, thing. When, when I think of Foucault, that's what I think of. Foucault's Uh, brave to, brave for free speech pendulum, they call it. That's that's the one. Um, Now, then there's a, then there's a thing where he's like, well, what the hell are we going to do? Because everyone's so afraid. Everyone's too afraid of, you know, well, he doesn't actually say who of. Um, That's the I'm thing, still, though, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. scary, the enemy you don't know. The invisible enemy, yeah. you know, um, like Predator. Yeah, I that's what he's saying we're scared of is probably Predator. Yeah. <laughs> Woke Predator. Um, he's saying, like, if everyone's so terrified of the pronouns Predator, like, how are we going to, to deal with that? And then he says, get this. How are we to deal with such fear? In a godless world, comma, where God has been killed... Whoa! I know. What down? What happens between these chapters? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, literally nothing. That's crazy. And yet, God's not just been forgotten. He's been buried. That's He's wild. had two in the back of the head. <laughs> Foucault shot God in the space of one page. Yeah. Um, then we've then we've got a big words alert um, because it wouldn't be some sort of like weird reactionary fascist text if we source. didn't have this yeah the cultural marxist idea of dialectical materialism Stop. whereby everything that matters or is of consequence Stop. can be related back to material conditions such as status living conditions wealth happiness resilience mental health justice etc uh, and then the that is the end of the sentence oh <laughs> what that was then he the, doesn't finish that, that the sentence. clause then he just says in such a world courage is a pretty poor attribute to value why? Especially when one could lose everything, brackets, material-wise. What? No. It doesn't mean <laughs> Sorry, none no, of that, that means anything. Sense. None doesn't of that means any anything. And, and that is the character of the last couple of pages of this bit, is um. that it is just a lot of stuff. It's like, it's not even thesaurus. Like, this is someone, it feels like this was a drunkenly appended bit yeah. of copy and paste. Um, because it's really, really very poor. Um, I'm, just, I'm just so excited to know what his story is going to be about. Like, I want... You get the sense, of course, of a great mind at work here. Someone who knows words like, like cultural Marxism. Yeah, phrases like cultural Marxism. He knows people. He's heard of places. Think about it. What's the story he's going to (laughs) make? What sort of wrongen has ever used the phrase cultural Marxism? That's what I ask. Yeah, you have Um, to have read many books to know that term. Then I'm, I'm going, I'm going to have to read a little bit here. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do another quote. That's right. Um, But I only because. I like that. You'll see why to overcome such fear and lack of courage. One needs something more than the idea of material reality. 
as St. Gregory of Palamas described in his triads, has it not occurred to them that the mind is like the eye, which sees other visible objects but cannot see itself? And so it is with faith, as the orthodox hesychasts describe, the new, beyond the material, beyond yes. knowledge, a, a doctor, ignorantia, as Nicholas de Cusa would say, that mm. taps into something mm. else, something so other, beyond our ken, so to speak. Which, uh, again, beyond our meaningless. Ken, so to speak. Well, meaningless. That, that wasn't the end of a sentence again, was it? No, no, sorry. That, that was the end of a sentence. I'm saying that's meaningless. Then the next sentence he says is, but of course, such things are not taught in schools these days. Oh, my God. Do you remember <laughs> when they used to teach all of that? <laughs> remember when remember that remember? was the syllabus? My dad is always Gregory telling me. Gregory Palamas. He's always telling me about the orthodox hesychasts yeah. and the things that they ascribe to the new. Back when men were men. You know, my dad, back when the bin man was hard and he knew all about the new. <laughs> back when you could get a fucking cup of tea and a good breakfast for 59p yeah. and the woman serving it to you knew all about the Dr. Ignorantia. She hadn't forgotten God, had she? No. He was in the she cafe She certainly hadn't killed him. That's, That's for sure. Um, it's so sad that you can't say any of that these days. You can't say any of that without people getting on your back. Yeah. And do you know what? Do you know what's even worse? As he points out, Go you on. can't say any of that because um, some people ignore it, but then some people they even ridicule it. He said, "What they ridicule some people these even bad ridicule ideas. it." Sorry. I know. Um, That's sad to hear. I hate to think that Doctor Bruce Scott has been ridiculed. I know, because he's put in so much work to this book. He's bared his soul. You can't just Google the Dr. Ignorantia. You've got to know what it is first. <laughs> it's like the Isle it. of Tortuga. It's, yeah. Um, the the end somehow gets even more super wordy, and I just can't I can't put you through all of it. Okay. Um, but it's mostly about, um, like, uh, here's a small sample. Opinion or syllogistic argument only takes us so far. Some psychotherapists so rely different. on this formula, e.g. cognitive behavior therapy, humanistic therapies, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then he, I don't know if he accidentally outs himself here um, as a, as an idiot. Um, no, he says no, that, sounds unlikely. He says that more existential and unorthodox minded psychoanalytically inspired therapy, the, the people who support that, yeah. they recognize quite rightly the limits of uh, ratiocination. What's that? I, I don't. I don't know if that's the pronunciation and uh-huh. syllogism. Well, I'm so glad that you asked because if you if you Google the word, uh-huh. um, the two definitions are the process of exact thinking and a reasoned train of thought. Mm, so okay. apparently, g- thinking reasonably thing. can only take us so far. Yeah, no, I mean that-, that is literally his argument, right? He does. Yeah, he is saying that. Like, if you remove the word cultural from that big diatribe about Marxism, yeah, he is a, he is just saying that the material world is not enough for him, and yeah. that things like courage can't be explained or are unnecessary to systems that are based on material goods, material conditions, which is obviously nonsense. But like, what is he proposing that we have instead? Like, what is the extra thing he wants us to all do? Is I'm- it is it a brand of Christianity? Like, is there a specific God? that he thinks is going to fill in. For I'm, us to I'm so glad. Problem. I'm so glad that you've asked because he doesn't answer, Great. Uh, but we can only assume that he does in the book. Um, then again, in another instance of just sort of outing himself, he says, so that is the plan. Okay. And he hasn't given us one yet. And then he <laughs> says, and then he says, 
it does not seem much on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> but trust me, I uh, I really back myself to to get a book out yeah. of this whole fucking bullshit. Is it? It is brackets as ever a tough sell. I <laughs> this, think this has is, always been the way. <laughs> I think he's in. I think this is some like fucking metafictional shit that's going on. I think he's doing some postmodern narrative bending. Like this is this is him writing the fictional version of his character of himself writing the book, being like, "Look, I've got all these bad ideas I'm setting out. I'm pretty sure that it's you know there's must be something. I really feel like there's something in there." <laughs> And I'm going to give it a go. I mean, I hope we get more of these little like cutouts, like we pull out from from the presumably <laughs> fantastic, riveting story of. Oh Cameron yeah, Nibuna, yeah, yeah. Um, to hear like another diary entry six months down the line, where he's like, "Haven't managed to kind of work in much of the cultural Marxism and critique <laughs> just yet, but maybe once my it's character coming, gets out coming. of the gulag, it all yeah, it will really land." Uh, hopefully it crystallizes haven't had much luck with my query letters to any agents so far but you know what literaries <laughs> like these days they're full of full of the woke flakes aren't they i might have to go with uh, that great purveyor of freedom amazon.com yeah, to yeah, publish yeah. myself uh there to, to end on and i you know i mentioned this only as uh, as sort of a coincidence that at the beginning yeah. i kind of like joked about you know like oh you know the ex is taking the kids and they can't read letters and right. i have to write a book instead uh, but this this bit does end with the, the sentences. This is the escape plan. Use it well uh, for my wonderful boys, whom I will love for eternity. Oh, uh, that's lo- that's yeah. beautiful, actually, isn't it? It's lovely, isn't it? Because that's actually beautiful. In years to come, they'll read this and go, "Wow!" Well, they won't. <laughs> no, no, no. In years to come, no one will read this, <laughs> and it will be forgotten. This this podcast will remain the only record that anyone ever read this yeah. text, and only one of us did. And and to be honest, probably not with much much consideration. Not with a lot of gusto. <laughs> wow. Well, Dr. Bruce, thanks so much for that. And I hope and, to check in with him in the future. Yeah. And no, don't you worry. Next week, we're starting chapter one. Fuck yes. Uh, so don't you worry. Do you know and, like anything about what the story is about? Yeah, yeah. Like, who's the I main character? We, we read the, the bloke. It's David Campbell is, is the main yes, character. The guy and who made he, the soup. Uh, yeah. And he... Yeah. Let me tell you, just as a little preview, he starts the first chapter by taking Nude. a long drag on his insipid nicotine vaporizer. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. I think they're insipid as well, those Nico vapes. Oh, what God. a fucking king. What a king. Oh, uh, yeah. From one king to the other, let's duck back into, I don't know if I mentioned, Sherma, Illinois. It's a town where it's a, a kind of post-adolescent paracosm i suppose you might say Mm. in a sort of clumsy um clumsy and faux off the cuff way um they artemis we just left her off having an idea i've got it she cried i know what we need to do she checks her swatch and she's like we've got to get on over to the high school the bus is going to be coming any second and and the bus you know proper yellow school bus i don't know if they have those anymore but i imagine that a lot of culture warriors in america are out there complaining that the yellow buses aren't as yellow as they used to be. They're they probably rainbows now, aren't yeah, they? Fuck. <laughs> oh. um, they probably oh. make you wear seatbelts and shit as well. Fucking hell, it's health and safety gone mad! Um, now, the doors swing open on the bus. They jump in, and you've guessed it, it's another needle drop. It's another big oh. needle drop. Wow, they're, this they time weren't lying. Yeah, there's been, I mean, there's been as many as three so far. It really is dense. (laughs) This time the song Oh Yeah by Yellow kicked in as the four of us filed onto the bus. It describes where they sit. It describes all the other people on the bus and what extras their movie, what what they were the extra in. That's good. Um, 
the bus starts moving they drive along the way and there's a bit of there's a bit of politics here as h who is a black woman in the real world but yeah cosplays as i think a, a kind of like racially ambiguous man um okay yeah. I, I don't know that they are explicitly white but i think i think they're also giant they're like so they might not even be a person they might be like a robot or something i'm not sure right, okay. what h's avatar is all about uh look at this lily white hellscape h said shaking her head as she stared out of her own window uh, i don't know what her own is doing there is there a single person of color in this entire town? Sure, Artemis replied. Most of them hang out at a place called the Candy Bar over in Chicago. This planet wow. does have a serious diversity problem, like the whole of 80s cinema. Oh! Yeah. So Klein's a, Klein's a comrade. comrade Klein. That is, that, yeah, well, yeah. and that, I suppose, is as good as, like, ending racism. It makes up for all of the other, you know... Crimes. let's call them mis- well crimes. missteps i suppose like gentle missteps that we've seen in yeah. the handling of some of the other you know the bit where he was talking about how disabled people were were kind of guinea pigs for like experimental yeah. murderous procedures like i suppose saying that 80 cinema was racist bit, and a bit where he was sort of slagging off trans people it's i guess it's spying kind of on them and, and saying that they're only you might say they're only worthwhile uh, if they are sort of you know like sexually attractive to, mm. to cis men but uh, it probably it probably makes up for that like the whole of 80s cinema clapped back artemis um so she's like her girl bossing she's doing white feminism on the bus um they see a bunch of athletes on the bus and everyone's like looking at them because i guess they're dressed differently as in like the sort of jocks someone maybe. yeah exactly someone offers someone a moist red gummy bear which is probably from a film uh, they okay. see Molly Ringwald's character from 16 Birthdays. They're like, oh, maybe one of us should go wish birthdays. her. <laughs> 16 candles. <laughs> but someone says, maybe one of us should go wish her a happy birthday, H said, chuckling softly. Every day is her birthday, Artemis says, shutting that down completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she just I hope she means playing. that literally as in like, every day is Molly Ringwald's birthday. Yeah. She sadly doesn't. She just means that in this simulation, yeah. uh, events operate on a concurrent timeline with the events depicted in each film repeating over and over in a continuous loop, um, which Sorry, sucks the kind of fun that? out of it. It does say that, yeah. Does she say... She you... does. Yeah, yeah, she says no, no, All no, these she, NPCs are stuck in their own private Groundhog Day. She wasn't trying... She wasn't actually explaining that concept again. She was explaining... No, yeah. she was Just no, in, case you you, made, in case you no, haven't... You made up. that up. I promise. You wrote, I you wrote that sentence could. yourself. Never would, never could. She points to a tall girl who's sitting directly across the aisle. And when she turned in profile, I saw that it was a young Joan Cusack wearing an elaborate neck brace, probably to indicate that her character was an awkward dork. But even in tractions, she still looked cute as hell. Now, I included this part because we learn a little bit of of backstory and Ernest's not big on backstory. He's not big on story. No. Of any kind. (laughs) Front, Forwards, middle. (laughs) Present. She's my namesake, you know, Artemis said. I turned back and saw that she was nodding towards Samantha Baker. I can't watch it without rage quitting now, but 16 Candles is one of my mum's favourite movies. She loved all of Hughes' films. Uh, it's as Sorry. Hughes's film. Did she, did she just refer to, like, rage quitting a movie? <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry about that. I hoped that, I hoped that would slip by without you noticing. But That's it is so difficult. funny. That's an amazing idea. Like, just getting, like, partway through, like, oh, Jurassic Park. It's like, fuck, the I dragons can't keep winning. <laughs> Every time this fat guy sells them out, every time <laughs> slamming the, the stop button. Um, I, I remember I said so. Wade, Wade is now like trying to. I guess he's trying to like uh, 
you know, he's showing that he listens. He's showing that he's attentive. I remember I said, after she died, you'd rewatch those movies to feel closer to her and try to better understand who she was. What a weird thing to say. I remember telling you that I did the same thing with my dad's comic book collection after he died. Artemis locked eyes with me. <laughs> then she nodded. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> no, it sounds like the dad died. No, I know. No, it's not even that. Like, I know. I Was it, was it Wade who was saying the bit about yeah, the comic yeah. books? Yeah, yeah, like Wade's comic I, book dad. I just, Wade's dad like, comic I know guy. that in this world, and for a lot of the people who, you know, would be reading this book, um, that that actually, you know, probably is quite a meaningful thing. But there's something so funny about, like, a girl saying to you, you know, about the ritual that she went through to, like, get through her mother's passing. Yeah. And then, and then you, you saying, like, I know what you yeah, mean. I read the well, my dad died, I read a load of comics. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah she's going to watching. Her. jump straight into bed with me. <laughs> I was watching a lot of hentai after Granddad yeah. passed. <laughs> it was his favourite. Love the tentacle shit. <laughs> when we, we were clearing out it. his house, let me tell you some of the stuff we found. Illegal yeah, in forty-eight states. Um, Artemis locked eyes with me. Then she nodded. I know, she said. I remember that too. And they I smiled. Remember telling at each you other. not to say that. <laughs> I remember you. I remember you did the exact same fucking one-upmanship with yeah. your shit comic. Book I remember story. we never had sex again after you said that. <laughs> uh, they're grinning at each other for a while, so oh, long that good. H and Shoto notice, and like, you know, they clock them, and they're both like looking away, like, oh my uh -oh, goodness, awkward. Uh -oh. I don't know. Sparks so, are starting to fly. Right? Hang on a minute, but. This is almost like something that could happen in a, in a John, John Hughes, Hughes movie. movie oh, where there's God, an I didn't awkward, get that before. There's an awkward Because you know they're on the romance. planet with John Hughes' stuff in Sherma. Not in Sherma, Illinois. Planet. Yeah, Sector 16, but, yeah. No, but no, okay, but not like anywhere iconic, like on a yellow school bus or anything. <laughs> they, like, are, they are oh, with Joan Cusack and Molly no. Birthday from 16 <laughs> Ringworlds. She's having, a, she's having a whale of a time out there at the front. Um... Right, so they, they clocked each other. Wow, fascinating. They go past the Hollywood Bowl. What's that doing there? Oh, isn't it belonging to Hollywood? Yeah, it does, but it's here. Great, <laughs> cool. It's just Good. been shoehorned Right in. here in Shermer, Illinois, where it always is and We're was. Getting close to the school, Artemis said, listen, the opening of the song Kajagoogoo, brackets, the instrumental version by the oh, band okay, of the yeah. same name, began to fade in on the Sim soundtrack. I was Sorry, I'm just wondering... Was John Hughes anything to do with Home Alone 2? Because if yeah. so, is the Donald, Donald Trump, Trump like canonically in <laughs> on this planet? Just He's like, the gym teacher. Around. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, this needle drop apparently been triggered by our proximity to the high school. The high school, you're going to like this. It's, it's the school from each of these films. And the way it works is it's just got loads of yeah. different fronts. So like one, if you approach it from the West, it's the school from the Breakfast Club. If you approach yeah. from the East, it's Ferris Bueller's school. And all oh, of this. That's good. Yeah. But it all goes yeah. into the same building. Very cool. Uh, very fun. Very good. Kajagugu continued to play increasing in volume. Uh, and then a paragraph later, they're just talking about all the NPCs that there are. We again get a reference to Kajagugu, where it says <laughs> that all of the, the all of the sneaker clad kids start to stomp their feet in time with the song, chanting along with its only lyric spelling out its title k-a-g-a-g-double-o-g-double-o uh yeah yeah Everyone which knows. it spells kajagoo i don't know if you yeah yeah it. no i i there's a little uh, puzzle yeah. in there uh welcome to Sherma high school artemis says and she becomes 
uh, that she's wearing the black latex outfit that Annie wears in Pretty in Pink, which means nothing to me. Yeah. Um, she's kind of cosplaying. She gives them a Ray-Bans each from Whiskey Business, Ray-Bans, and they put them on and they're dressed like the Dork Squad in 16 Candles. Oh, yeah. I was now the geek played by Anthony Michael Hall. H was John Cusack's character, Bryce, and Shoto was their pal Cliff, <laughs> not specify <laughs> the actor or the full name. Uh, H took a look at us and then glanced down at herself. She turned to Clara Artemis, mm. not cool, Artie. And then right. Artemis, for no clear reason, because she's already changed into this black latex, pretty and pink thing, yeah. uh, becomes Ferris Bueller, wearing a Ferris Bueller black and white leather jacket oh, and vest and right. a black beret. Yeah. Okay, gang, she said, this place is a lot more dangerous than it looks. Don't touch anything. Don't talk to anyone. Just follow my lead. We each removed our sunglasses and resumed our normal appearance. So I don't know what any of that was about. Oh, then we followed yeah. Artemis up the steps that led to the front entrance. Go on. Just one thing that I wanted to like, double check the guy who played the principal in uh, <laughs> he's not allowed there now he is does he make an appearance at I all imagine or? imagine if he does because it feels like you know it wouldn't make sense the film playing all the time wouldn't make sense if he wasn't there yeah. but if he is that's problematic. you know that's probably not good knowing Ernest, he's going to dive head first into that he'll he won't, <laughs> he never shies away from the politics of these things like that's his in some ways his main concern he's doing his his um his dialectics um blah 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 they've taken off their sunglasses once artemis reached the front entrance she threw open the front doors and another needle drop kicked in 80s by killing joke you know what it's good that um that he gave a name for these because every time it happened i'd be so confused what's this and it's good because i'm not i'm definitely not annoyed by the number of times you used sound landmine the fuck Where's the source Invisible sound landmine. Hearing the song, which was 80s by Killing Joke, which is just so gloriously on the nose for this for this context. Hearing the song. We are in the 80s. She grinned, popped her collar, and led us inside. And that's where it ends. A chapter, I was annoyed when this chapter ended because nothing happened Nothing at happened. All. Not a single nothing thing. Nothing happened. They went, some like, song, they some went on a bus. Some songs played. And they went some on a bus. Some films were... Joan Cuse, a young Joan Cuse that was there in trance. In a neck brace, yeah. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenally dull. The next chapter, I can only assume, is going to make up for it. It's probably this thing of, you know, light and shade. Like one on, one on. This off. one peak. boring, next one great. They talk about this in, in horror a lot, don't they? Like the peaks and troughs of yeah, tension. It's absolutely. no good if you're like up here all the time, is it? Yeah. You know, you've got so to, it's good to be as boring as possible. And it's just good to be like, if you're so dull, then not a lot has to happen for it and to be like, like, whoa, riveting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm ho- I've got big hopes for for next it, big bad. It better, or else we may just stop. Like, we may just give because up because I'm that- at fifty five percent, and that doesn't feel like enough. Um, well, don't worry, I'm only at four percent in Kulai Caledonia. So, so there we have it. I guess in reflection, yeah, John Hughes was the theme. John Hughes was all this was about. Um, it's very annoying, like from a kind of plot standpoint, which is a lens I I'm very wary of applying to this book. Yeah, um, as well it, you should it be. It being so thin as to sort of crumble if examined too closely. But, well, there was none. And it's very annoying that it just feels like, it feels like if this were a film or if this were a, any other medium, you wouldn't get away with a scene that was what we just saw. No. It would, no. it would have to be established in like 30 seconds or the audience would be so confused as to why you've immediately like pulled all of the tension, just sucked all of that out of the room and instead got us into this like boring and confusing world where we're not seeing the characters interact with anyone, comment on anything, uh, 
talk amongst themselves, discuss what they're going to no. do. Well, in no. fact, they even like are like, oh, I know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm not um, going to tell it's you. It's not like we need to, me. it's not Netflix. It's not like we need to be convinced to stay subscribed to the book for another month. Like you can just tell me what is going to happen yeah. for me to look forward to anything. You could have the plot at any moment. Yeah, the plot like, can fact, creep up on you. A lot you of books have it. the plot Constantly. at all moments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some, some authors are trying that these days. And <laughs> let me tell you, it's working quite well for them. <laughs> so something for you to maybe experiment with there. But that saying is he's breaking the mold, you know. He's not yeah. like other writers. He's not in so many ways. Yeah. Um, many of them, many of them very vi- on, many on of show them, in that chapter. Many of them make you know, go to great lengths to describe the smiles of their characters. They're yeah. not brave enough to just say, look, you know what <laughs> a warm just, smile it is? Good. Just, it just accept it. Just accept that want? that's what this was. Now, speaking of accepting what things were, that was an episode of Big Bad Books and you waited a month for that one. Uh, we were <laughs> off for two weeks. So sorry about that. I can't look. Uh, we do the best with the material we're given or that we've sort of had handed down to us. And um, there wasn't a lot in that. It's fair to say, but we'll be back in two weeks with another big episode where I can only assume, and Ernest, he wouldn't let us down, would he? The next chapter is going to be- No, 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 he wouldn't do that to us. Because Artemis has got a plan. She's got a spring in her step. She's got 12 different outfits from 18 different movies, all of them by John Hughes. And we just know it's leading somewhere. We know it's leading somewhere. Well, technically something has to happen because when they make this into the movie, they can't afford to buy the rights to all of those movies. Just to to dip in in and out. So no. So like something's going to have to happen. Because this is a medium sized planet. Don't forget. So it's not just a little bit from each of these movies. No, it's a a huge amount. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Look, that's an episode. We'll be back in two weeks with this, but in the meantime, there are many things going on in the shame city verse. And I'll hand over Declan to tell you, about some of his particular favourites. Yeah, over so, to you. well, well, there's going to be an episode next week of of TAS. That's a shame. The mm. the original podcasts, I'm saying, not just ours. The OG. Like, yeah. the, one of the first of, yeah. of all time. Um, that's going to be big. Uh, as we sort of, like, subtly alluded to earlier as well, there's uh, there's twitch.tv slash shame city. Yeah. Um, where we're, we're doing all sorts of streaming. All sorts Lots of cultural of, Marxism. Yeah, there's <laughs> so much going on over there. Um, mostly it's been um, House of Da Vinci based recently. That's a, Although that's we a are hoping... The Ready Player 2 of games. We are hoping, of course, that our, our viewers um, will not will not continue to make that the case. Yeah, don't inflict on us. Do not do that. If you're listening now, do not do that. Yeah. Um, there's also our Discord, shame.city slash Discord. There's loads going on in there. Like what? Um, in, in, well, like, like a lot of people coming up with cryptic crossword clues for the word elf. Yeah, that's like, most of it. Like lots of people sharing all sorts of fun things that they've made and miscellaneous yeah. shames that they have found yeah. uh, on uh, Tim Berners-Lee's internet. Not to yeah, blame him, you know. but at some point you've got to hold your hand up and say that you've Tim. played a part. Yeah. Um, there's that going on. There's also patreon.com slash shame city oh, where there's goodness. our brand new show cups that's happening all the time. Uh, last one we we did we we were talking about some documentaries that we were hoping yeah. to make uh, and 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 still are as a yep. matter of fact if anything we've been you They're know in pre-production like galvanized to yeah. make them because the the you know the pitches were so good so there's all of that going on isn't there you unlock something like four thousand episodes with just five dollars a month and I, something like that there. because. If you think about it, like some people would say that, you know, 80 is not like 4,000. Well, they're both numbers. But they are both numbers. And if you think about how big, say, like a million is, yeah. oh, 80 yeah. and 4,000 are they're super close. close. Yeah. Absolutely close. close. So 
And don't even get me started on billions. Like if you went into a room and there were 80 wasps versus 4,000 wasps, either way, you're just saying that's too many wasps. That's a lot of wasps. I'll check out. a lot of wasps. I've got enough wasps there to last me a lifetime. Conversely, if you signed up to our patreon.com slash shamecity for $5 a month and found 80 or 4,000 episodes, you'd say, fuck me, they're generous. And you'd you'd probably send us a personal email of gratitude. You'd say that's not much for $5. Yeah. You'd say, I'd buy that for $5. You'd say, that's That's plenty. Five dollars is not much for that, is what yeah, I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I said the opposite, but that I did, that's but not meant what I meant. Opposite, you know, yeah. I was doing. He's confused. It was, yeah, I was. I was being funny. You know, you know, you know how we are. You yeah. Know how, you know. Uh, we're going now. Um, thanks so much for listening that's Big Bad Books tell a friend if they like big if they like bad and if they like books (laughs) we're the only (laughs) podcast with all three have you got the trinity for them (laughs) we're here all week Uh, I've been Isaac you've been I've been Declan see you on Sector 16 gang bye guys